This podcast is not canon. It is not endorsed by Lucasfilm, The Story Group, Disney, Delray, Fantasy Flight, West End Games, or anyone else with actual stakes in Star Wars. Again, this podcast is not canon. Welcome to Of Dice and Droids, a Star Wars tabletop podcast brought to you by the Tashi Station Network. Join Brian, Nancy, Rocky, Sho, Saf, Jay, and Game Master Tom in their original campaign, The End of All Things. Episode 1, Darkness on the Edge of Town, begins now. Welcome to episode zero of of Dice and Droids. Boy, starting a uh, podcast with of uh, can make introducing it a little strange. Uh, in any case, yeah, this is the long-awaited tabletop podcast we uh, started talking about a few months ago that we've quietly been working on behind the scenes. And uh, I'm very excited about this. Uh, with me uh, is my usual Tashi Station co-host, Nancy. And she Hello. had her mic muted. <laughs> you told me to have it muted. <laughs> and uh, we've got a big old cast of characters here, so we're just going to do some introductions to start this show off, and we'll start with me. I should pull up my character sheet. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I'm I'm Brian. You know me as the host of Tashi Station Radio. Um I will be playing Lane Zorvin, a human male, homeworld Nar Shaddaa, um, and I am a rebel starfighter pilot. Uh, <gasps> I know, shocking. <laughs> my, elevator, my elevator pitch, uh, uh, Lane Zorvin is a human male born to poverty on the imperial-controlled world of Nar Shaddaa. Uh, prior to joining the Rebellion, he was a four-hire spacer that took risky jobs to help smuggle hot goods out of imperial control. That's not an elevator pitch. I don't care. <laughs> Never fond of the Empire, he jumps when recru- he jumps when recruited to join the rebellion, where his skills prove valuable. Yeah, uh, and my obligation, duty bound. Good job, um, Nancy. Your turn. Oh man, it's my turn. All right, I am Nancy, also host of Tashi Station. You know me. Uh, I am going to be playing Dia Baron. She is a human. Uh, she is a smuggler, not a pilot. <laughs> Um, and her obligation is betrayal, but not her betrayal, a betrayal to her. Uh, she was... Don't reveal too much. That's it. That's all I'm going to say. Don't reveal too much. And, uh, we should also mention our previous tabletop experience. Yes. Mine, uh, I played some D&D, uh, my freshman year of high school. I have never played any sort of tabletop game ever. So going... My experience with tabletop games is uh, watching the scene in E.T. when they play Dungeons and Dragons. (laughs) Uh, Going down the list, we have Sho. Hey, I am Sho. Uh, My character is Shoto Ron, a Togruta mechanic. Ooh. Who is also female. Um... 
And my previous experience with tabletop RPGs is I've played a little bit of White Wolf and I'm familiar with D&D, but that's it. I'm completely unfamiliar with the system. Yeah, this is a this is a system I haven't uh, really any experience with uh, as I've only done the D&D style games. Uh, next up, Jay. Hi, I'm Jay. My character is Percival Verpalian. He's a noble in the Imperial Court who stepped on somebody's toes. Literally, he stepped on someone's toes at a ball and thus was charged with high treason and exiled from the Empire. This is my favorite backstory. His uh, goal is to restore his social status and or embarrass his enemies. Either either will will do, really. Jay, that's Um, amazing. And uh, I, I, I love playing ridiculous characters like that. Uh, my previous RPG experience is I've played a game of Saga, Star Wars Saga tabletop, and then I've played a couple of West End games, D6, uh, online. But I'm really excited to do the Fantasy Flight system because it looks amazing. Awesome. And next up, Saf. Hey. Um, I'm going to be playing Jin Chana, who's a Pantoran actress who has joined the Rebels to get in character for a role she really wants. Um, <laughs> I love that! <laughs> awesome. Her obligation is obsession. And um, I, the experience I have is I've been playing D&D all year this year, but before that, nothing else. Oh my god, that's amazing! I love that character! <laughs> And uh, next up, Rocky. Hello, I am Rocky. I am playing Kiara Lex. I am an entrepreneur of sorts. And after leaving Coruscant, I'm looking to make a new living. Perhaps the Rebellion might be in need of my skills. My obligation is a bounty. There are some people back home who would really like to see me again. I do not feel the same. (laughs) Very nice. And finally, last but not least... RGM, Tom. Uh, hey, everybody. Uh, I'm Tom. I'm going to be the GM or the game master for this game. Uh, I've been playing uh, RPGs, uh, tabletop RPGs, uh, mostly Dungeons and Dragons, but some White Wolf stuff, some Mage games, some of the Marvel role playing uh, for about 12 years. Been doing DMing or GMing for about eight years um, and have played a bunch of this Star Wars system. And as Jay said, we are going to be playing the uh, sort of current uh, Star Wars RPG system. That is the Fantasy Flight uh, Star Wars RPG game that if you go to your local game store online and you see Edge of the Empire, Age of Rebellion, or Foreign Destiny, that's the game we are playing. Uh, and it's going to be super fun and awesome. We got a little bit of a, bit of a preview from Tom uh, last night after we recorded Tashi Station Radio. And uh, yeah, I'm very excited. Um, but Tom, since you're... Yeah, we'll get to that at the end. Since you're uh, since you're the GM here, I'm actually going to turn the uh, show notes over to you, and uh, let you kind of guide this introductory episode and pose questions to ask as needed and uh, all that jazz. All right, sounds good. Um, well, the the goal here of the introductory episode, whether you're one of us who's 
who's part of the, the show or you're, you're listening into this is we really want the game to be both a really fun, entertaining sort of story that we're all telling together um, and just judging on the basic character introductions. It sounds like we're well on our way there. But we also want it to be slightly instructive for both the people who don't have a lot of experience playing the particular system we're playing or for people who are interested in learning more about tabletop RPGs and the experience of playing one, but maybe aren't quite ready to sit down at a table and grab dice and get into character, which is totally cool. Um, so along the way throughout the episodes, we'll have maybe some instructive moments. There will certainly be moments where we gripe about a rule or mess something up and have to go back and fix it. But it's going to be all part of the the fun of being around a virtual gaming table. And but it's, the first thing I really... It's, a, it's worth ahead. reiterating that uh, even if you have no intention of ever picking up a tabletop RPG, this show will still be fun for you because we are going to tell a story here. Yes, absolutely. We are going to tell a very cool story and a very fun story and a very original story. And we'll get into the story stuff at the end of the show. So the thing I really want to start with is kind of getting everyone here, their perspectives. And I guess just for the sake of um, of cleanliness, we'll just kind of go in the same order we just went in for player introductions. And then people can jump in again if they have sort of follow-up comments. But I just want to know what for you as an individual, so Brian, we'll start with you. What are your expectations for this game? What do you hope to most get out of it? What most interests you about either this system or about RPGs in general? Uh, My big hope is um, just recording a show that lets us show how you can have some very creative, real-time Star Wars fun with your friends. Um, The whole idea for this was born out of watching the Acquisitions Incorporated uh, shows at PAX and... uh, my big goal is to try and replicate that to a degree with this. That sounds good. Um, I'm all in favor of that. I'm also a big fan of Acquisitions, Inc., which is the Penny Arcade guys who do sort of live table games um, at their conventions, and sometimes they do them online. They're available for free online. You can just Google them. They're awesome. Uh, Nancy, what about you? Um, I really am just looking to tell... And participate in a good story. Um, I obviously write, and I think it would be an interesting way to uh, kind of, I I guess you'd say, turn the tables, ha ha ha, pun intended, on writing. And, uh, you know, it's always cool to figure out things to do with your characters and put them, make them suffer. So, and, and just have fun. I've never played a tabletop game and have always wondered about it so cool well you picked a good time to to start yes um show you're up next um so my reason's pretty selfish i want to have a fun adventure basically um nothing wrong with that you know participate in a fun story and play a fun game Uh, and i i hope that we end up with an entertaining podcast at the end. <laughs> Mostly, I just I want to have fun. Well, those are pretty awesome, selfish reasons. So, sounds good to me. Um, Jay, yeah. So, I guess I sort of have two big uh, expectations or hopes for, for this game. The first is, of course, the social experience. I think the thing that distinguishes tabletop RPG for, from other things like video games or reading a book is that you're collectively shaping a story. And you're both, you know, having fun in character, but also having kind of fun out of character and goofing off and or, you know, frustrating each other or working together. And it, 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 it's a hard it's hard to replicate that experience any other way. Uh, the second big thing is I just 
you know, reading about the fantasy flight system. It looks really, really cinematic, really, really Star Warsy. And I'm just after playing so many rules and grid based systems, and I'm sure we'll talk about the rules later. I'm just really interested in getting into this system. Yeah, you're you're definitely going to find, uh, and we are going to get into it a little bit. You're definitely going to find that this might be the most, or it's or one of the most cinematic uh, RPG systems out there on the market right now, uh, easily, kind of almost without question. I think it might actually be the most cinematic one. Uh, who's after Jack? Uh, Saf. Hello. Hey. Um, <laughs> I really, I, I do. I'm doing it for selfish reasons as well. Like, sure. Like, I adore playing Dungeons and Dragons with my friends, and you know, making a story, um, working together, sometimes arguing over things, and like just building characters together is really fun. And I love Star Wars, obviously, and so I, I'm just really excited about doing a tabletop thing that is Star Wars and doing that kind of thing with Star Wars friends, and also making a podcast at the same time because they're always fun. Yes, selfish reason, high five. (laughs) Everything goes better with Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. That should be on a... Uh, And Rocky. That should be on a t-shirt. Yeah, it should. (laughs) Yes. Well, Um, so it's been a good long while since I've actually gotten to play a game. I don't even remember if I did my How I Got Into Gaming intro, but basically many well-misspent nights in college, mostly doing World of Darkness and homebrews working off of that, And, you know, I missed all of the ridiculous shenanigans and all of the the strange and horrible things that happen in character. And, well, time to cause some chaos again and make a mess of the galaxy and somehow manage to save it in the process. (laughs) Why not screw up the Star Wars universe worse? I mean, it's no one would tell. It's already already such a disaster. (laughs) Exactly. Awesome. It's okay. It's all The reason I really... Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, so the reason I wanted to ask that question is because I think it's really important when you sit down to play any RPG, whether it's Star Wars or another one, is you sort of get an understanding for why everyone is sitting down at the table because we all come to the table for different reasons. Now, each a couple of you were like, oh, I have this selfish reason, of course, and you shouldn't. Uh, there's no reason to ever apologize when someone says, oh, why are you sitting down to play? If you're like, well, it's kind of selfish because, of course, you wouldn't be playing if you didn't have a, a sort of self-directed reason to want to sit down at the table. Um, and I made little notes here of what everyone kind of said. And for the most part, you know, most people and you know said they want to just like get into fu- have fun. That's basically something everyone said, so that's cool. Um, tell a fun story, do fun things with characters, and sort of participate in an interesting like social interaction. Um, Um, It's just good to get a baseline of people's expectations because that will inform as we go down the road how each of us sort of approaches the game, the things within the game that maybe we privilege, whether it's, oh, man, you know, one of us might really get into uh, actually just playing their character in the dialogue and someone else gets into being, you know, the tactical aspects and wanting to, like, help manage the party during combat. And knowing your sort of expectations for each player going in helps me tailor adventures and stories that you guys will definitely want to participate in, but also helps you guys relate to each other and sort of understand who who might be, enjoy certain aspects of the adventure a bit more and just kind of makes everything work nicer together, um, which is really cool um, and makes for what I've found to be the best tabletop experiences. Um, does anyone else have a, another like a question about expectations or have anything else they want to say about expectations? I don't think okay. so. I, I think, think we're all on the same your, page here. I, well, I was yeah, remi- I was remi- your silences <laughs> I was reminded of what we were talking about yesterday in the Battlefront podcast about how it was just 
you guys were having so much fun like getting into an X-Wing and flying around and being part of Star Wars and it seems like this is another way that people can do that. Nancy, there's no way that you are getting into an X-Wing in this adventure. <laughs> that's okay. I, I kid, I kid. So I know, I kid completely. I'm sure that that's going to happen like It was a episode. metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> That'll become our thing. Every episode, everyone ends up in an X-Wing, no matter what. It can be it can be me being an X-Wing, Jay, you know, kneeling to Palpatine, whatever. Whatever no. you want to do in Star Wars. No, the funny thing would be me yes. not getting in an X-Wing ever, despite being the rebel pilot. <laughs> yes. He's the only one who doesn't get in an X-Wing every episode. You have to fly a Y-Wing. Aw. <laughs> just ends up in escape pods. That's it. Fantastic. This is going to be great. <laughs> All right, so the next thing um, that I want to talk about is there's, uh, and it's it actually comes, it actually has to do a bit with the introductions you did with our characters and just sort of being Star Wars fans in general and particularly being, you know, fans of the sort of larger stories even beyond, you know, beyond the films um, is the idea of player knowledge versus character knowledge. And then the sub discussion of that is sort of table talk versus in-universe behavior. So all of us know quite a bit about Star Wars. We know a lot about the characters. We know a lot about the galaxy in general, the planets, the you know species, the sort of galactic events, both big and small. Um, but your characters don't know all the information you guys know. And it's very important. And it, this is a hard thing to do, but it's really important that you try to separate what you know as a person from what your character knows as a character. Um, the reason is if you guys are all completely omniscient and omnipotent about literally everything that I try to throw at you, the story will break down and there will be no surprises and the amount of fun that's to be had will be sort of less and less and less and less and less. Um, the other reason is that it allows you to more fully embrace your character. And if you are able to say, well, my character doesn't actually know anything about this planet we're going to. Let's just say the planet... Hoth. Let's say you were going to Hoth. Let's say you were going to Hoth right around the time of the Battle of Hoth. If obviously we all know what happens in the Battle of Hoth, we all know the characters who are there. We all know the events. Like we literally could all close our eyes and just describe it utterly perfectly. But if you are able to say, "All right, my character doesn't know anything about Hoth, other than maybe they know like it's an icy planet and really cold, and they should bring a jacket." Like that's maybe your baseline, you know, knowledge. If you don't know that, and then I drop your player into the Battle of Hoth, you're able to have a much more sort of fulfilling game experience when you suddenly then deal with the surprise of like, oh man, there's a giant battle going on here, and there's ships flying everywhere, and oh crap, there's Darth Vader over there, I should run, because he's gonna kill me by just staring at me. Um, <laughs> so it's, it's, a, it's a really difficult thing, and there's sort of back and forth to that and there'll certainly be moments of tension and jay um i'm gonna ask i'm gonna direct this a little bit more specifically to you um just because you're one of the people who has um some you know a bunch of rpg experience though um saf and rocky and show you guys should also definitely chime in too how do you balance your own personal knowledge of let's say a universe or world versus your your character knowledge when you've played before so it's a lot like storytelling. I know a lot of uh, folks uh, in the audience maybe write fan fiction or re even read stories. You know, you, you think of things from the point of view of a character. So if you're writing a story or watching a movie or a TV show, not every character knows everything about what's happening in the plot. And so that's kind of how I vision it. When I'm playing the game, I'm also writing about a character. And so I just limit my perspective to what my character 
knows and what they would think in that circumstance would be very different from what I'm thinking too. And so there's various ways you can control your perspective that way. Awesome. Uh, Rocky or Saf or anyone else, do you have a, a sort of a, a way that you like to work, you know, sort of deal with this problem or do you have a, a, a sort of good suggestion about it? Because it's certainly something that can be hard to, to differentiate, particularly when it's a thing like Star Wars that we are all sort of so ingrained with, particularly in terms of like recalling even the most minute details about stuff. Right. So I've noticed I have two types of characters that I play. I do a lot of RP in other media as well. And one of my things is either I play characters who would have good in-universe reason to know just about everything, or I play characters who know absolutely nothing whatsoever. And when I play a character who knows nothing, I find that's a lot more fun. Yeah, I, I well, with D&D, I don't, I still have been playing for like a year and I still don't know anything about the world whatsoever. Like I have not read any of the reference guides, which helps because I'm playing a character that doesn't know anything about the world basically. And so when we encounter a new enemy and I'm always like, I don't know what this is. I'm going to shoot it with things until it dies and it doesn't work because you know, it, it shouldn't kind of thing. Like I'll, I'll hit a dragon with something that it, it shouldn't work on a dragon and I'll do it like five times in a row until my friends are basically like, okay, like, <laughs> look at what's happening here. It's not working, but it fits with the character. Um, but I'm also very good at pretending I don't know anything just in general, like in my life in general, <laughs> I'm very good at putting knowledge away. <laughs> <laughs> it served me well in many situations. Oh man, um, I'm making so a note I about that. that. <laughs> <laughs> and let's market Saf, the pers- first person uh, screwed by the GM. No, no, no. That, uh, no, that that can be an asset for the GM. Um, knowing who to disseminate secret knowledge to and who not to. Ah, yes. So yeah, because I have that skill just in life in general, it's easy to put that in when I'm doing like RPG stuff as well. Right. Good, 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 good. Yeah. Um, I, um, I like the way Jay described it as being like, like you're, you're telling a story. And so if your character, if you know something, your character doesn't, if your character suddenly knows it, that's a big plot hole right there. So it's like when you're watching a movie, just because you know that the killer is behind the door and they shouldn't open the door, it doesn't mean the character doesn't know that. So you just need to be a little bit mindful of that and try to avoid plot holes. Yeah. And there, I mean, there are going to be moments where like you guys will encounter a species that your character doesn't really know anything about, but you do. And you might sort of slip and, and sort of have your character do something that they really shouldn't do because there's no sort of knowledge that says that that's the action they should take, but you have them do it anyway. Cause you're like, no, this is the way you need to interact with this species. Cause this is part of their culture that I remember from this book that I read 10 years ago, it's going to happen. And it's not the end of the world when it happens. Um, but as long as people are sort of mindful of it, then it's, you know, it's something that you can sort of manage along the way. Um, and that we can all sort of help each other with. And also, sometimes it's fun to do purposely do the wrong thing. Like, if you know the right way to interact with, like, a Toydarian, you might purposefully go the complete other direction because, well, my character is ignorant and, you know, polarity results. Yes. And actually, that's a great – that's actually a great example, Jay, because one of the things that I like to do as a GM, and I know that a lot of people that I talk to who GM a lot like to do, is they like to reward people for actually, like, playing as their character. So if your character makes a decision that is not sort of the optimum – 
decision, you know, the optimum decision to make. They intentionally do something that is less than optimal, but it speaks truly to their character's sort of personality, their talents, or like what they think they should do. As a GM, I'm going to take care of you. Like, I'm, I will take care of you and your character. <laughs> and at some point, you're going to probably get some sort of bonus for that, either implicitly or explicitly. Like, so it's, it's really sort of about trusting both your GM and the rest of the characters that we're, you know, you're going to take care of you if you intentionally like try to, you know, negotiate with the Tordarian the wrong way or something like that. So it's, um, it's really not, uh, yeah. less about, quote, winning and more about just falling into those char- your character's shoes and seeing where their decisions create hilarity or tragedy. Exactly. We we win, or you guys win. Uh, I don't really win. Uh, and the, no one really wins in our views. But you, the closest you come to winning is by telling a good story and having fun. You don't necessarily win if you just like get all the cool items and uh, you know like get an awesome ship. Obviously, getting an awesome ship would be part Munchkin of winning. Lied but to me. That's not the end game. <laughs> yes, Munchkin has lied to you. <laughs> yes, Munchkin has most definitely lied to you. Cool. Well, that's that's good. I'm glad. Sort of. Th- I, I mean, I don't really think it's going to be a major problem, but with something like Star Wars, which is all, which is so you know near and dear to all of us, like it's op- obviously something that's going to come up. So now let's talk about something really cool, which is dice. Everyone loves dice. Dice are yes. a major part of RPGs and of uh, tabletop games and board games in general. And uh, what? The Star Wars, the Fantasy Flight Star Wars, or Star Wars Fantasy Flight, I guess is I'll try to refer to it just to be consistent, um, has done is there is a custom set of dice. Um, who has purchased those dice? Um, I have. I I've have. got the day. I've got the dice right here in front of me. Okay. So I just got them downstairs. They're great dice until you step on the D four and curse your entire existence. Ow! Yeah, don't step on the dice. Um, if you do not have the dice, do not worry, um, because there are all sorts of, A, some free online dice rolling tools that we are probably going to leverage just because it may allow us to, um, may allow us to kind of roll the dice communally. And so we can kind of all see the rolls. And that's important because just by looking at the dice, and if you're listening to this and you don't have the dice, just Google Fantasy Flight Star Wars RPG dice. Um, make sure you include RPG in your search because they also have dice for their X-Wing miniatures game. There's dice for Armada. They sort of dice for... Um, they have dice for like every game they make. They have dice for Imperial yeah. Assault. So definitely look up really Star Wars RPG dice. I had a really interesting time trying to find the right dice at the comic shop. Yes. Um, yeah, it can be tough because they Fantasy Flight releases dice for every single one of their games. And not all the dice, I believe a couple of them are, but not all the dice are sort of useful in across games. They're sort of each discreetly for each game. So that can be a little tough. Um, there is, however, a dice ruling app, which I'm looking at it right now on Google Play. It, the price may change. I know that it changes from time to time, and it may change depending where you buy it. Um, if you buy it on like Apple or I think even from Amazon. It's a Star Wars dice rolling app. It is a $5 app, which sounds like a kind of expensive app, but it actually gives you access to dice for every Fantasy Flight Star Wars game. So if you happen to play more than one of them, 
uh, it's unbelievable. The nice thing is that it also takes care of all the dice rolling automatically for you and just gives you the results you need. So if anyone wants to invest in that, I've invested in it. It's a, it's a, a brilliant app. But why are the dice important? Well, in most RPGs, you just deal with various polyhedral dice of, you know, four sides to 20 sides to sometimes, you know, even more than that if, if necessary. And you generally roll these dice in a number of checks. If I, you're trying to hit somebody with something, you're trying to avoid getting hit by something, you're trying to do something cool, whatever. And there's usually a binary state. We either succeed or we fail. That's about it. Star Wars and the Star Wars Fantasy Flight System, uh, actually, as Jay mentioned earlier, is a more cinematic, takes a more sort of storytelling-centric and cinematic approach to their dice. And here's how that works. There are seven different dice. And again, I'm assuming that everyone either has dice in front of them or is like looking at a picture of them online. But I will sort of semi-describe them, but try not to be tedious. There are seven dice. They are the green uh, eight-sided die, which is the ability die, the yellow 12-sided die called the proficiency die, the powder blue uh, six-sided die called the boost die. Those three are your positive dice. Those are all the dice that you guys are going to use when you are calling upon your character's various abilities, whether it's Brian, your character's piloting skills, uh, or if it's uh, Nancy, your character's sort of skills with like charisma and uh, chicanery, given that you're a smuggler. Um, yeah. These are going to be all of your, or Jay, perhaps your character's skills at like negotiation and just sort of like diplomatic, uh, you know, parlay. Um, Maybe not dancing. Maybe not. <laughs> um, no, that's when he rolls the negative die. Yeah. Um, you guys, are, that's that's when you guys are going to be using these dice. And depending on how good your character is at a various skill, you will have uh, any number of the green ability dice, and you may have some of those dice upgraded to the yellow proficiency dice. So think of the yellow die as like a better version of the green one. Uh, if you get to roll some green dice, that's cool. But if you get to roll some green dice and some yellow dice or even only yellow dice, that's even better. Um, the boost die is sort of a side uh, die that can give you very, very special outcomes and special sort of side consequences to your actions. Maybe even things that were unintended, but positive. The other, or three of the other dice are the uh, black six-sided die, that's called the setback die. The uh, red 12-sided die is called the challenge die. And the purple eight-sided die, which is called the difficulty die. These are all basically the polar opposites. They are the negative dice. They are the dice that I, as the GM, will basically be using to sort of uh, stack or set the circumstances against you when you are trying to use your abilities. Um, and if you'll notice, the purple and the green die are both eight-sided. The red and the yellow are both 12, and the black and the pale blue are both six. That shows you which die is sort of directly opposed by its positive or negative counterpart. So when you guys are trying to use your ability dice, I will be adding difficulty dice. And what I say when I keep saying, oh, you guys are going to be using and adding dice is, every time you want to do something, we will create what's called a dice pool. And for those of you who've played Dungeons & Dragons, this is where the system widely uh, sort of deviates from that. If you guys have played the White Wolf games or played um, World of Darkness, you might be familiar with this system. Uh, the idea of a dice pool. So let's say that Brian is flying an X-wing. Not a hard thing this. to imagine. Uh, and let's. I don't say know that if you didn't see him play Battlefront the other day. 
<laughs> and let's say that while Brian is flying this X-Wing, uh, he is trying to evade a both a TIE fighter and some like space debris, maybe some blown up other ships because he's engaging in a dogfight. Uh, Brian might be saying, okay, I'm going to try to evade this TIE fighter, and then I actually want to take a shot at the TIE fighter who's kind of in front of me. And so he would tell me, okay, here are my piloting skills, or here are the skills that I think, based on my list that'll be on your character sheet, here are the skills I think are going to be, like, that I, I think I should be using. So, you know, your skills regarding, like, some level of agility or maybe just your piloting in general. And I'll say, okay, Brian, take a look at your sheet and look at your skills and your character sheets will say like you get this many proficiency dice or you get this many ability dice and tell me how many you get. And so Brian will be like, all right, I get two proficiency dice and one ability dice die. I'll be like, all right, great. So that's three. And I'll say, well, you're flying through debris. So the basic difficulty, which is usually starts with one purple die, I'm going to add an extra one to that. And you know what? The pilot you're firing at, he's actually one of, like, the ace Imperial pilots. You had no idea that you were firing at one of the ace Imperial pilots. So I'm going to add a challenge die to that, too. I'm in for a bad day. (laughs) So I'll say, okay, cool. Our dice pool is set. We've got all the dice we need. We will roll them. And then what we do is we just sort of balance all the outcomes on the dice. Now, you'll notice that on the dice, there are not numbers. There are not even sort of symbols which you would count up into numbers. There are all these random symbols. Um, There's a tiny little explosion. There's a little (laughs) explosion inside of a circle. There's something that kind of looks like a uh, sort of, uh, you know, the the sort of crown that Caesar would wear with a dot in the middle. There is a, uh, you know, triangular object. Yes, Jay's favorite symbol. There's that symbol <laughs> inside of a circle, and then there's actually what looks very much like the sort of imperial symbol. What all these symbols, and we're not going to go through them because we'd be here for 10 hours, but really what all these symbols just dictate is whether or not you succeeded or you're failing. And the positive and negative symbols sort of cancel each other out. So if you rolled three successes and three failures, the net is nothing. If you roll three successes and two failures, the net is a success, and you know, et cetera. Um, what's cool about this is that some of the symbols indicate success even if you fail, and some of the symbols indicate failure even if you succeed. So what that means is that in this game, the die rolls do not result often in just, yay, you succeeded, or yay, you failed. (laughs) Brian, in our X-Wing hypothetical situation, (laughs) you might succeed but have an unintended failure, which I might interpret as saying, all right, your your blast is on target, but you accidentally hit some of the weapons that are mounted on the bottom of this TIE fighter, and they cause a massive explosion, which sends a shockwave right at you with all this shrapnel and broken ship, and it disables <laughs> your X-Wing, and now you're a sitting duck. So oh my Brian, you god, this would be great. <laughs> you succeeded, but with a terrible negative outcome, uh, you know, sort of side consequence. Alternatively, you could have... It's GM. Well... Uh, actually, I'm just making this up as I go. Um, <laughs> that should scare us even more. Yeah. Uh, alternatively, Brian, you could fail, but your <clears throat> your shots end up, uh, you know, your shot ends up sort of like hitting the side of the tie, and it like diverts it into a bit of debris, and it ends up like putting a shower of extra debris behind you, which means the tie is chasing you now is sort of obscured in its vision, and you're able to like maneuver out of the way. So you failed to do what you thought you were going to do, which was shoot this tie in front of you, but there was a side positive outcome. 
So that's, I, you know, Jay, that speaks to your thought earlier about how this is a much more cinematic system where, you know, the solutions to the die rolls is not going to just be like, well, Brian, you hit the TIE fighter or, well, Brian, you missed. Um, and what's cool is I'm not going to be the only one who decides what those outcomes are. So we might have a die roll and I might say, OK, the overall outcome is this. And you're going to find, because I like to do this as a DM and GM, is I might be like, OK, Rocky. You tell me what that means. Um, and so you are the one who's describing the action because you guys are characters. You're there. You're sort of describing the moments and the the moment-to-moment action in the same way that I am. Um, and so you guys will be drawn into helping me decide what the heck is a positive outcome despite an absolutely abysmal failure in this situation. Oh, I have an example yeah. of that. All right. Jay became a robot. I lost you there, Jay. I would say that again. No, dear, we've lost Jay. We lost Jay. Aww. Sorry, I was mentioning a, an example of that would be Han Solo. I can hear you guys. Hello? Yes, yep, we there can we hear. go. We're back. Okay, that was weird. Um,. <laughs> I was going to say a good example of that would be Han Solo successfully hot wiring the door, but then the door actually closes on him in Return of the Jedi. <laughs> exactly. That's perfect. Um, that is a perfect example. Uh, so there, you know, there, this is going to come up a lot. And that's actually one of the things that I'm most excited about this system is that we get to play with these areas in the gray in between the sort of, just you know yay we succeeded or yay or no we didn't succeed you know um that we get to play in these gray areas which i think just makes for better storytelling because we're not always in this binary state of like yeah we did good no we did bad you know and and it means too that the actions that you guys can take sort of off of those moments when weird things start to happen um kind of opens up the storytelling possibilities for you guys as players too which is exciting um so I know that's kind of a lot in terms of the dice, but I, so I don't want people really to worry too much about it because as we play, it's going to be very easy for you guys. Well, I'll just be like, all right, tell me how many ability dice you get. Okay. Tell me how many proficiency dice. Um, and so we'll okay. be building these dice pools very easily. Okay, Tom. Um, yeah. So when I bought, when I bought my dice, I also got four little two-sided tokens. Do they just completely not affect us? No, they do. You got those four little tokens along with one other die. I forgot to talk about this die. Um, another, I believe it's another 12-sided die, and it is white with a bunch of circles or dots on it. That is called the Force die. Um, and it, well, it does have to do with the Force and with Jedi, but it also has a secondary storytelling element attached to it. I will roll that die at the beginning of each session. And whatever comes up, it might be two sort of empty circles, it might be a full dot, or it could be combinations thereof, sort of indicates what the force, the the destiny pool, essentially, of the the game is. And so, show you mentioned those like little tokens that you had. I believe one side is sort of light and one side is dark. Um, yeah, one, one side is the Jedi symbol, the other side is yes. very the city. Sith or the yeah. <laughs> so. Um, what that means is this is a sort of like, oh, wait, I forgot sort of opportunity. Um, the light side symbols uh, create a pool of destiny tokens for you guys. The dark side symbols create a pool of destiny tokens for me. 
number of tokens never increases or decreases after I roll the die at the beginning of the game. However, when I use a dark side token, it flips over and becomes a light side token available for you guys to use. When you guys use a light side token, you lose it, it becomes a dark side token, and I get to then use it next. This is a cool thing that, again, enhances storytelling in the game because it will be an opportunity. You guys can spend them in the course of your sort of actions. If you come across something, there's no way you could have planned for it. If you completely forget about something or something unbelievably ridiculous happens and you need to have one of those um, kind of like, I guess the best example is sort of like those uh, Ocean's Eleven type moments where we flash back to a side scene where they're like, oh wait, they're about to get arrested. And then we flash to a side scene that we never saw that is supposed to have occurred about two hours earlier where, oh wait, they like secretly already paid this guy off. So they're not going to get arrested or they already like stashed those uniforms that they need in this broom closet. So they're going to have the new uniforms they need to get past security. Spending the destiny token sort of allows you guys to make those not I don't want to call them retcon moments, but make those sort of just slightly side adjustments to the story in the moment. So maybe your ship crashes and you guys like land uh, on a planet that doesn't have breathable atmosphere. And you didn't realize that you had you just sort of forgot. One of you could spend a destiny point and be like, "Oh man, it's totally awesome that we remembered to pack these, you know, uh, you know, these like you know toxin rebreathers." And, you know, obviously you guys didn't plan to do that. You probably, you know, it never would have occurred to you, but you would spend your destiny token there to sort of fix the small problem. And we keep the story going in a, you know, an easy way without having to like divert forever. You guys being like, well, now we can't leave the ship. So the game's over, you know? That's actually a really um, fascinating game mechanic. Yeah, it's absolutely like awesome. It. No, go ahead, Rocky. I like it. Quick little edits to keep the story flowing as needed. On a very yes, it's not to, I like it. Yeah, it's not meant to break the game. It's not meant to be a day sex machina. So you can't be like, well, it's really great that we brought Luke Skywalker with us. Like, no, that's not. <laughs> Why not? Because <laughs> Nancy, that's Are not you more Nancy? Mm. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you cool can't do that. Destiny. <laughs> yes. Uh, go ahead, Jeff. The other cool thing about Destiny is that it, it flows back and forth between the GM and the players. That's what I really think is like the most cinematic feature where Destiny is always in motion and every positive outcome has a negative response and vice versa. Exactly. So for you guys to use a Destiny token, it certainly might be in a time of great need, but you're sort of the 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 sacrifice there is knowing that now I sort of have it. So that again, if you guys happen to come across it's you know, sort of like the moment in A New Hope where Han decides he's going to chase the stormtroopers down the hall. He's like, this is a great idea. I'm totally chasing them off, creating a diversion. And then I can just be like, all right, Destiny token. He goes around this corner and bam, there are 50 stormtroopers waiting for him. Um, so it's a little thing that can alter the story a little bit. But again, I can't use it or I wouldn't allow myself to use it. Just be like, and Darth Vader. Bam. There's Darth Vader right in your face. No, that's not the way this works. Um so that's cool. That'll be something that we'll kind of get into um, when we get into the game. But like I said, we're not going to be too bogged down by the dice. Um, we're going to, you know, as we adjudicate the rolls, really all you guys as players are going to have to worry about is I will let you know what the dice roll sort of outcome is. It could, you know, success, failure, or one of these areas in between. And then you guys and me, we will figure out sort of what that means. Um, but certainly this is something that will become more comfortable as we kind of play. Um, you know, you'll become comfortable with the symbols, you become comfortable with the die, there are a way to sort of swap different dice out, but like I said, we're really focused on telling a good story, having fun, being these characters and sort of inhabiting the galaxy far, far away, 
So we're not going to get worried too much about um, the those like really gritty dice mechanics until it really comes up. Um, and like I said, you're under no obligation to buy the dice. Um, you, uh, we will have tons of ways for people to make the rolls and things like that. So no worries. All right. Next is character sheets. Um, character sheets for this game look very much like character sheets for any other RPG, or if you've played like Knights of Republic or you play Fallout or you play any of those video game RPGs and you pull up the sort of character screens, it looks a lot like that where, you know, there'll be skills, there'll be abilities, there'll be areas for you guys to fill in stuff about your character backgrounds and stuff about your species and all that fun stuff. Um, and I'm going to work with you guys individually to get those characters in shape and then we will, we'll be off and running. Um, with characters once we do that. Um, and the cool thing about character sheets is they're all available for free online. So, cool. All right. Does anyone have a question, have something they want to bring up regarding dice or game concerns or other things about sort of character knowledge and player knowledge? This is sort of our, like, game concerns moment. Um, One thing I was wondering right. about the characters is... Sure. So what what exactly do we know about other characters characters ah that's very good um well that is something that we are going to get into in a couple of minutes okay. but you guys do not know everything about each other we we do certainly for the purposes of the character introductions and i think giving everyone a sense of who wants to play what but um you guys will not necessarily know everything about each other characters so for instance it's entirely likely that most of you will not know that rocky's character has a bounty unless Rocky's character decides to divulge it, or unless something happens, which makes her bounty very, very public to the rest of you, mm. which is possible. Um, so, so again, that's something else we're going to have to balance between player and character knowledge. Um, and it sort of be up to you guys as characters and up to the situation of the story, how much about your character and their backstory comes out during the game. Uh, okay. So, yeah. That makes sense. So one very quick detour before we get into the rest of the fun things about the characters and then I start revealing some nuggets about the story to you guys uh, is something that is a concept that I use when I'm playing live games um, and I use it in digital games too like this but because I play a lot of live games and play uh, oftentimes play with a lot of uh, parties that are just random people sitting down to play for a couple hours in a public setting is what I call what's called the X card. And it actually is usually represented by a physical, like, little paper card that has a giant X on it. But we don't have one of those, and we don't really need one of those. But, um, you know, RPGs are kind of a weird thing since we're all, or you're all playing characters who are not really you. They might be parts of you. They might be very much you. They might be very much not you. And your character might either say or do things or sort of have opinions or points of view about things that are not necessarily in line with what you personally believe. And it's entirely possible that through this game, through either the story or through character interactions, that we might get into some things which might not make you 100% comfortable and, and feel great. And that's that's fine because it's impossible for all of us to know everything about each other and what you know might rub us slightly the wrong way or what we might not be totally interested in or cool with. And so what the X card is, is that if any point during the game we start to, there's a series, you know, a line of sort of out of character jokes, or there's a storyline, or there's just some line of dialogue or something that is really making you feel personally uncomfortable. All you have to do, and in the case of this game, we'll do it sort of verbally, uh, you know, if we were at the table, I would have you just literally tap on the card, is you would just say, just say the words X card. 
you'll just say it. You'll just say X card, please. And what that means is whatever we happen to be doing, and if it's a little muddy, you might have to be like X card those jokes or whatever. Um, whatever we have been doing just instantly stops and we move on. The game just continues. So we don't talk about it in that moment. We don't have any back and forth. It's not up for debate. Even at me as the GM is not, I'll be like, no, I like those jokes. We're going to keep going. We just keep going and the game continues and we sort of try to get ourselves back on track. Um, and it's a way that I've found that uh, for people who, if they start to feel uncomfortable about something and maybe they're a little worried that the rest of the table doesn't feel that way or they're sort of the only one who's feeling uncomfortable and thus maybe they should just like be quiet and kind of, you know, silently deal with whatever, you know, whatever uh, issue they're having. It's a way for that person to sort of be vocal about the fact that they're uncomfortable, but sort of feel safe about it and then allow us to move on without creating like a big confrontation. And certainly if it's something that really needs to be talked about, we can always come back. We can talk about it later or talk about it, you know, in a different forum than like on a public podcast if you need to have like a, want to have a private conversation about something. But it's something that I found really works. I've never really actually had to use it, but it always seems to kind of set people at ease with the fact that there's that resource there for them. So that's what the X card is. Very cool. I mean, if I ever find myself jamming game, I think I'm going to steal that mechanic from you because that's a, that's a great idea. It's actually yeah, not my I mechanic. I love that idea. Yeah. Comes from the gaming I store like called the Twenty Sided Store in Brooklyn. Mm. Yeah, oh. I do. I, it's a work well. Um, it's it's the it's the store's sort of mechanic that they use for public play, um, <laughs> which really works particularly because you always have like five strangers who've never met are just sitting down to play D anD D for two hours. So certainly, you have no idea how the dynamic is going to work. Um, I've never seen it not work, um, and I've only seen it have to be used a couple of times. Um, so yeah, so we will we will enforce the X card to the effect <laughs> that we need to. Um, but Nancy, please don't, please don't just call X card if someone makes a joke about Luke that you don't. Like. What? That's I would it. never it's do that. <laughs> I would just That's silently, I would silently plot against them. Okay, that works. Yeah, that, no, that's great. That's great for the game. We can do that. All right. So mechanics of pen and paper RPGs. I mean, we sort of went through it with the dice. That's the biggest thing about this game is that sort of free flow storytelling form that seeps literally into the dice rolling. Um, the other thing to maybe mention is I asked you guys to all sort of create obligations. Um, obligations is a mechanic in the game that is um, something that is critical to your character's background that is always sort of driving your character in some way. Um, for those of you, for people who aren't familiar with the game or having trouble sort of visualizing the obligation, in Star Wars, the obligation for Han Solo obviously in the original trilogy is his bounty and particularly the bounty that Jabba the Hutt has on him. It is always, it is a separate sort of storyline for Han that is constantly running both parallel to the stories of him and Luke and Leia and the rebellion. And, and in his background, it is constantly influencing all the decisions that he makes, even within the context of sort of the main story of the movies. Um, it is a constant driver. Oh, did, did we lose, lose someone? Me? Oh no, I've still got Tom. Okay. okay. Um, right. So that's what obligation is. So the obligation for Han is a bounty. Um, the obligation for Leia in those movies, you you know, you can argue that some characters might have more than one potentially obligation or duty or something. But for Leia, her obligation through most of those movies seems to be her duty, and particularly her duty to the rebellion. Um, so all of you guys have that. That actually plays a role in the game, wherein your past can kind of come back to haunt you at times. 
Um, and I'm not going to go too much further into how exactly that works, but there is a very specific sort of mechanic reason why I had you guys create obligations there. It's not just, it, it's very cool that there is a sort of flavor portion to it and that it will form your characters, but there is also an actual mechanic version of, you know, people's pasts in Star Wars and the like, the other sides of them that people that the rest of the characters don't know have a funny way of kind of rearing their heads at maybe absolutely the worst moments. Um, and uh, this game sort of takes that into account. I'm scared so now. Fun. Which is also oh, part of the reason I didn't want everyone to reveal too much about their obligations because it's something that can emerge throughout the stories. And there are ways for you to sort of overcome your obligations uh, or take on new obligations. Um, there's not really a way for you to ever be rid of them completely, though. Mm. Um, yeah, so that's going to be fun. Um, and then the only other mechanic I'm going to mention is uh, you guys get a ship, or maybe more than one ship. By default, this game gives you a spaceship. I um, like this game already. As a, <laughs> as a level one character, you qualify for a spaceship. Why can't real life yes. be like that? I don't know. Real know, life right? really should be more star wars um actually no i don't want that um <laughs> uh, yeah so you guys will there will be spaceships um of some type which will be discussed at a later date all right so now character intro and workshopping um you guys all kind of heard who everybody is and one of the things because of the number of players that we have is i want to break everybody i want to break up into more or less two parties and you guys are going to be playing the same story you guys are going to be inhabiting the same galaxy the same sort of things are going to be going on you just are going to be approaching these elements from different places at least at first there will definitely be moments where you guys may crash into each other um it may not always be on happy terms um there will definitely be moments where your motivations might run parallel to each other or opposed to each other but what i wanted to do is one of the things i wanted to come away from this session was with was a a sense of um and obviously sort of real life and scheduling plays into this but at least for the the moment we'll we'll try to focus on the characters which of your characters might actually be adventuring together uh and really, there's not really any way I'm like, I'm not going to flip coins or just assign people. Um, it's sort of setting up in terms of which of your characters you might think might either A, have some sort of connection in some way, shape or form, or which characters you just might think might be fun to have them adventuring together, at least to start. Um, right off the top of my head, I'm thinking Jay's character. Uh, and um, I think it was... Uh, was it Saf or Rocky, the actress? I don't, yeah, I'm the actress. <laughs> yes. I don't know. I just think those would be very humorous playing with each other. Yeah, no, I, I, I think had so that too, thought yeah. too. Especially since they're both coming from the Empire. Yeah. Yeah, that makes perfect sense, actually. They might even know each other before the adventure starts. Yeah. All right, so, yeah, so Rocky, your character, and Jay's character? I think it was Saf, right? Saf. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Saf and Rocky. So Saf and Rocky. Mm -hmm. Saf, Saf and Jay. 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 <laughs> sorry, Saf and Jay. Sorry. I can, looking unless at, we I'm, want me to run into them at some point. <laughs> you, you probably will. So Saf and Jay, um, just looking at us because we have six characters, 
three groups of uh, two groups of three will actually kind of be optimal for this. Um, it'll be optimal both from uh, adjudicating the um, uh, uh, the sort of just mechanics of doing a podcast on a game, and it'll also be sort of optimal in terms of the storytelling. Um, and that won't always be the case, but I think just having two static teams of three, unless people disagree, um, I'm willing to. We can be completely flexible on this if you want to. Um, no, I think starting with two static teams of three uh, is a great idea. Okay. Um, that sounds workable. So we have yeah. Saf and Jay. I can't uh, wait for those anyone, two to interact. Would anyone like to join <laughs> Saf and Jay? Or do I just assign I somebody to join Saf? I think it'd be pretty entertaining for me to join them just because. All right. So, so Saf, mechanic. Jay, and show, and then Brian, Nancy, and Rocky. Awesome. This is going to be great. Okay. <laughs> now, okay, that actually does wonders for me in terms of <laughs> some of the planning. Oh, that. no. We played <laughs> right into his hands. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. Where's the rock um, fall everyone dies part? Uh, come on. I would not do something as lame as rocks fall everyone dies. It would be Star Wars. It would be, would be meteorite. No, Death Star. Okay, fine. He'd drop a bridge okay. on us. Death Star shows up. Death Star yes, shows up. Planet yes. blows up. I would <laughs> drop a moon on you guys. Aww. <laughs> Actually, fun side note: I once, I once had a small moon fell that fell on one of my characters. He didn't die, but he did lose an arm and an eye. Um, he didn't die. Sorry. Was this moon? Wow. Small moon. Yeah, he survived. Um, wow. You know, he was fine, sort of. Um, <laughs> just horribly made. So, you know. yeah. So I'm gonna give. I'm going to give the two groups a very minor homework assignment. Uh, you guys don't necessarily, because you don't have to talk about this now, and it'd actually be cool, because I um, I do sort of want to separate, and I obviously I encourage you guys, you know, definitely if you want to listen to the podcast when we're doing a session that you're not part of, absolutely. Be, um, but this kind of goes back to the whole character and player knowledge. I don't want, you know, Saf, Jay, and Show to sort of know everything about what Brian, Nancy, and Rocky, like their your characters obviously shouldn't really know anything about what Brian, Nancy, and Rocky's characters are doing. Well, it unless... sure is a good thing that I bugged those that random group of people. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, unless there's a sort of in-universe reason why you would become aware of their actions and vice versa. Um, so something I'm going to give the two pairs, the two groups of you to do, kind of you guys can do this sort of offline and, and, and coordinate with me is... Um, Come up with uh, some basic reasons why the three of you are together at the moment in time. And I will sort of, I will set you guys up and then you guys can kind of fill in the details there. Um, you don't have to have complete backstories for how you may or may not know each other. You know, you don't necessarily even have to know each other at all before this moment. It can literally just be we've been put together for X, you know, sort of seemingly innocuous reason and we're just going to go from here. But Brian, Nancy, and Rocky, mm -hmm. you three are going to be playing a small cadre of people who have been hired, who have been tasked with a mission by the Rebellion. You three are actual members of the Rebellion Sweet. in some official form, even if your level of official is like Han Solo, a New Hope level of official. Um, I can yeah. do this. So you three are going to be start. You're going to, this is, and again, this is only where we're starting because, you know, part of the job of the GM is kind of 
push the start the game off somewhere, but you guys are going to take this where you go. So, you know, wherever it ends up going is where it ends up going. The three of you are going to be members of the rebellion. Saf, Jay, and Show. The three of you are not members of the rebellion. <laughs> the three of you. The three of you are. Um, I don't want to quite call you mercenaries, um, or at least I will call you mercenaries, but you are not evil because, again, we are not playing with evil characters because that requires a very specific type of. It requires a completely different sort of infrastructure if you're doing an RPG where your character, where the the player characters are evil, and so you guys are not evil. Um, you are kind of going to play a group of three sort of independent contractors who have been hired by um, a, well, for now I'm just going to say a, a cartel of one type or another to um, to do something. <laughs> you guys are going to be, so you think of yourselves as three sort of independent contractor type mercenary types. Well, that's a weird group for them to hire. <laughs> and for whatever reason, for whatever whatever reasons that got you guys into that, the three of you have have gotten together, and so I will allow the three of you to sort of decide the details of that. This is All great. Right. I'm so excited. Storytelling, but I think we can do it. Oh yeah. Oh, you guys could totally do it. Come on, this, it's not that. It's yeah. You guys could totally do it. And again, this is only yeah, our starting for point. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so that's where you guys are going to start. Um, does anyone, uh, sort of before we get into, I will reveal a little bit more about the story in the campaign and we'll just talk a bit more about story before we, we wrap things up. Um, does anyone have any more questions just about like developing characters or a question they might have about their own character that they kind of want to mini workshop with the group? Or is everyone, everyone kind of knows what they How do? much did you know going into the story or can you leave room to just develop things as they go on as far as your character is concerned um you mean in terms of your backstory and sort of who you are yeah like i know i know there's like you know really super involved character sheets but i also think that like as as the story goes on you might think of like wait this might be a good idea for my character you know yeah i mean you can take either approach certainly you don't want to turn into one of those players who like every session you're like oh wait guys i just thought of this better idea now my character this is actually her backstory and oh no no and then you know like a week later like oh actually now like this is this is a thing that happened to her like you do want to establish some consistency and if you're changing things you, you want to be changing the things that you might be not have set in stone too much sort mm -hmm. of the things you're reviewing but you know i i sit down sometimes and i play with people who they they have a a Tolkien-esque background for their character. If I said, hey, tell me your background, Jim, your character's background, I could sit there for an hour and Jim would just go. And then I have other people I'm just like, who are just, who just say to me, um, my character's name is Bob and he's got an ax and he he's kind of mad sometimes. And that's it. And that's the only background they can ever give their character. Like and they Bob. end up having... Yeah, they end up having, and honestly, I have some characters like that because sometimes I just like I don't know. I just want to play a guy who's got this cool weapon, like, um, <laughs> and I in those those players who oftentimes those types of players are playing together at the same table um, have equally sort of wonderful experiences, and sometimes you know too it also happens to be who you're playing with and how you decide to evolve your character to sort of either 
intentionally mesh or maybe not mesh with the people that you're playing with. So yeah, it's fine if you, you know, you only have a couple of details about your character or you have an entire history with a family tree and crazy bloodlines going back to, you know, like the beginning of the galaxy. Uh, like I'm sure Jay is finishing up right now. <laughs> uh, so yeah, you can go either direction with that, Nancy. It's it's totally fine. Okay, uh, cool. Totally fine. Yeah. Uh, anybody else have a question or concern or anything? I do cool. have I do have right. one more question, but that's more of like a, for the game. So that's fine. So you know, I know in comics, a lot of times what they do with their uh, stories is have a big crossover event. Would that be possible? Maybe eventually. Uh, I would. The answer to that is, of course, we'll see where the story takes us. But <laughs> um, I would say that we as like what I I like to consider myself a semi competent GM, uh, and so when I knew that we were going to have six to potentially seven, or I believe it, even at one time like eight characters, I started my planning from the beginning, knowing we were going to have two groups that might intersect at one oh. or multiple points. Okay, cool. So. Yes, you, this certainly will not always just be the like the Jay show, and Saf show, and then Brian, Nancy, and Rocky, and heck, the, those three groups might even kind of like you know switch up a little bit at times depending on how the story progresses, and may have an episode where everybody's on the show or everyone except one person is on the show. I would never actually exclude like just one person. <laughs> this this would be a know. scheduling thing. Though. Right. Yeah, this would, yeah. You know, oh, right. Now we're going to climb into things, X-Wings. Not you, Brian. <laughs> except for me. <laughs> the running subplot is that Brian never quite gets into an X-Wing. <laughs> Brian, we got an A-Wing for you. He's like, no, I'll just stay here. It's fine. <laughs> Snowspeeder, you guys are going into space. Why would I want the snowspeeder? I'm actually okay Sorry, with that buddy. being a running gag. That would be hilarious. You want to be one of the droids? How am I going to breathe? <laughs> yeah, can it's we just going to be it droid? every episode. Oh. Um, droids could potentially become part of the game at some point. It's not a Star Wars game without a nice droid mascot like oh a grumpy little chopper or something like that. Chopper's not nice though. Uh, and also <laughs> chopper, is, Mari, please? chopper is OP. Jay, you cannot have a Jay, you cannot have a Mon Calamari. Yes, but we need a cute droid of our own. We yeah. need a pet. Yeah, we do. You you may there may be some droids around. I'm sure that it's a big galaxy. I'm sure you'll find a droid or two. Or five or a thousand. Um <laughs> yes. All right. So now you guys I'm sure want to hear more about the story and the campaign and yes, where we do. What we're actually gonna be doing. Okay. So we'll set this up oh, and yes. then that'll bring us to the end of our episode zero and we can leave with anyone else with any questions. Thanks. Um so let's start with this. First of all, um so the podcast rating, PG to PG-13, you know, there. I can't imagine that we're going to be able to have this many people just chatting for the amount of sort of cumulative time we'll be doing a gaming podcast and not have a swear word or two maybe pop out or have something like that happen. Um, certainly there's, you know, we're not going to be, you know, delving into any sort of like crazy R and beyond rated material as far as the story is concerned, certainly. Um, we like to, you know, the key, the story will stay within the confines of, I think, what we expect from Star Wars storytelling in terms of its range of maturity and its boundaries. Um, so yeah, podcast rating, I'd say PG-13. 
Um, that's in line with everything else we do. So that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and if, if there's ever going to be something where we think we're actually going to be pushing a little forward, you know, with a storyline thing that we're all, you know, totally okay with, then obviously we can make a, a pre-announcement about not having your, your young children listen to this episode of the podcast, uh, which if you're listening to this podcast with the young kids, good for you. Um, yeah, absolutely. Please have your kids kids. listen into this. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll try to keep the swearing to the minimum, except for Brian when he doesn't get in his X wing. We can't. We're not. <laughs> no, in that case, I'll just keep my swears in universe. Yeah, or Nancy when we have her have to kill Luke Skywalker. No. <laughs> X card. X card. <laughs> I told you. I can't use it for that. You didn't say when. See, you said when people are insulting and not when I have to kill him. Besides, he's a rebel. No, I wouldn't true. be killing him. I'm a rebel. Listen, you start as a rebel. Who knows where this is going to go? Oh. Um, so that actually <laughs> have, brings me... He's going to have you kill Luke Skywalker, and then Chuck Wendig worked that into the next Aftermath book. <laughs> he already did. <laughs> that actually segues very nicely into the next thing that I was going to say. <laughs> and it's sort of setting up, like, what is the overall arching story of this game? Is it canon is it legends is it legendary canons is it you know whatever um i want to first of all canon. Yeah. <laughs> first of all this is our little podcast game so none of this is canon none of this is official none of it in any way shape or form represents anything that lucasfilm or disney or delray which full disclosure i work for delray or marvel or dpw or anyone else who happens to or you know ea or anyone else who contributes to star wars storytelling or the lucasfilm story group or anyone else who matters it has nothing to do with any of that so, so we're not this getting is, hasbro figures made of us damn it i don't damn. think so uh, sorry you know uh you know long-term goal squad po- podcast squad goal <laughs> um, yes anyway so none of this, for people who are listening and for people who do listen to the story, none of this is canon, none of this is official. Now, as far as how the the galaxy is set up, we are going to be following current canon in terms of the major events, the players, what's going on, the timeline. But in much the same way as the Legends material, the, you know, the Legends material exists out there to be brought into current storytelling where, you know, it makes sense and where it would, you know, it'd be useful we are going to sort of do the same thing. Um, so if there's something in Star Wars storytelling that's not current, that we really like and we think serves the story, either as a background for somebody or as a uh, you know a place to visit or a character to interact with or an event to go to, like that's totally awesome. We're going to do that because this is our story. We can do anything we want. If we decide that like the Battle of Endor ends up happening differently because one or more of your groups does something ridiculous, then that's what's going to happen in the game. Because this is our game. We are sort of setting up the galaxy, you know, in the same way that Star Wars is. We are not necessarily going to be following through on all the events if our game doesn't take us there. Um, And that's also to say, too, we're not just going to, like, you know, drop every, like, random sort of, uh, you know, uh, Star Wars reference we can into everything. Because we do want to tell a coherent story. Um, But, you know, if one of you wants to be from a planet that is not really kind of currently part of the Star Wars storytelling or wants to meet, you know, have met a character that is a Legends character. That's cool. Um, We will sort of talk about that off game and then, you know, make sure it makes sense. Um, 
you know, I don't want to, you know, it would not make sense for someone to just be like, yeah, I'm just like best friends with Thrawn. Like, <laughs> you know, aren't we all? You know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, first of all, yeah, aren't we all? But, you know, or to be like, yeah, I'm totally like, you know, half siblings with Mara Jade. Like, also, not sure about that, you know, so. That's it. Again, I'm quitting the no game. To, <laughs> <laughs> there's no reason, you know, this, these types of things could potentially happen to our game. It's open to us. Um, but that's just, yeah. But where we are starting is sort of what you see currently. And so where are we starting? Well, we are starting our story during the, um, well, why don't I just read to you guys a crawl and that'll tell you where we're starting. Oh, yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. All right. I was thinking of doing this in a voice, but I'm not going to do you it. You need to add in I music, try here, to, Brian. I'll, I'll put music in yes, post. Yes, I was gonna try to do the uh, the voice from the beginning of the Clone Wars episodes, who sort of does all the recapping and stuff. But I, I can't really do that. War, um, enemy starfighters yes. striking from a hidden base. That's yes, a little bit more exactly. Legend of Korra there. Yeah, that's yeah. fine. That's a, you know, you know, make it work. So first of all, this campaign is called the End of All Things. Campaign is called End of All things you guys are starting losing you a little bit there one darkness on the end town kind of breaking up do we lose somebody nope there you go you're back now you just roboted for a bit oh no all right episode one is darkness on the edge of town nice the galactic lose me again no you're good Yep. Okay. All right, cool. The galactic civil war endures as Imperial and rebel forces engage each other in conflicts great and small across the galaxy. Pockets of peace are scarce. Conflict brings opportunity. Crime cartels and gangs operating at the edge of the empire struggle for control, playing both sides of the war and filling power vacuums where they can. Far into the outer rim, on the, the lone desert planet of Tatooine sits on the brink of chaos after the death of Jabba the Hutt. Eager to display strength, the Hutts offer intel on valuable technology that could sway the balance of power in the war. Oh my god, you guys, I'm so excited. <laughs> wow. Brian literally I expected that late in the timeline. That's awesome. His bro- jaw dropped when he when he realized it was post Endor. It's so cute. Uh, you do not know. Or at least post-sail barge. Yeah, post-sail barge. <laughs> it's post-sail barge. <laughs> we are living in a post-sail barge galaxy. Uh, yeah, we're setting post-sail barge as years, or we're setting the sail barge as year zero in this story. <laughs> this is year zero. <laughs> nice. Zero, zero, uh, zero SB. <laughs> <laughs> BSB and, a- and ASB. That's that is our timing system. Nice. And that is yes. That so like I said, people, this is, is not. It also our, but is it also our in-universe <laughs> timing system or? No, 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 no. The in-universe timing system is the normal in-universe timing system. This will just be uh, our running so if, in joke the entire time. <laughs> yes. Are, yeah. we, are we ASB? Are we BSB? Um. So yes, one of uh, the groups will be uh, a group of rebels who are made aware of this uh, 
hut offer and one of you will be a group of uh other people working for one of the cartels who is made aware of a similar hut opportunity and uh that is where the story is going to start uh, and then where the story ends up well i have an idea but i'm quite certain that the uh six of you will uh push it in a better direction Rocks fall, everyone dies. Thrawn's the one who dropped them. Mm. <laughs> <Pretty> <laughs> uh, I will actually give you a very sort of yeah, that could happen. I, I will give you a very uh, a, um, a small sort of like uh, sort of meta planning note about this whole thing because we we started talking to the talking about this, Brian. I think. Uh, Jeez, when did we first start talking oh about Oh my this? god, I think like July. I think June, July, uh, we started thinking about this idea. Yeah, it was like yeah, it was shortly after like celebration and all that, right? Yeah. I think so. Um and uh well, whenever we started talking about it, as soon as we kind of decided it was gonna be a thing and I was starting to think about story concepts, I was like, Well, we can't do this for a while because all of my story concepts run very close to the aftermath time period. And at that time, <laughs> aftermath was not pu- like a public thing. So I couldn't say anything. And I'm like, Well, we can't play this game yet because that might screw some stuff up. Um, so uh, we, I'm, looking, I'm glad that we waited. Um, and some of those, those ideas that I had have changed and evolved. But uh, it's good that we've actually waited till now to launch this because there were a lot of cool ideas. I'm like, well, I can't talk about these things until this book is out so uh well thank god we were all busy until now (laughs) yeah yeah no i mean we would have made it work but yeah thankfully um so yeah that sort of brings us i think to the end of our zero episode um for the people who are watching we're you know the next time we record an episode will be the first episode um i'm not sure yet which group we'll start with but you know sort of that'll we'll We'll try to get into a schedule or figure some scheduling out so that that'll probably dictate like which order we go in. But uh, this is going to be fun. I have uh, I have nothing but high expectations for it. Um, does anyone else have a question, a comment, anything they've been dying to ask or dying to know? Now that you know kind of things about the story, does anyone have any concerns or questions about their characters? Um, any last minute things? I mean, I'm just going to say that I've been getting increasingly excited for this since we came up with the idea, but now my excitement is through the roof. <laughs> I am so pumped to get this underway. I just realized so that our so group's excited. time differences are going to be pretty hilarious. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh yeah. Luckily I'm a night owl. I think we have like several night owls in our group. So we'll I just don't sleep yes, ever. So. Yes. I, I will sacrifice sleep for the podcast. <laughs> sleep. I will teach yeah. someone in that group how to use audacity. Aw. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so this is this is going to be a good time. Um, and for you guys, as far as finishing out your characters, um, I'm going to contact you guys kind of individually, and we will actually do with a, a mini questionnaire, and that'll help me... Uh, just flesh out. I will take care of the nuts and bolts mathematics of the character sheets unless anyone really, really wants to do that for themselves. Um, but otherwise, I will do it because it's all kind of quick and easy math. And I'll just ask you guys some the important questions about like, what kind of skills do you want to have? And you'll just sort of checkbox a couple of the skills that you should have. And I'll be like, pick four of these, two of these. Give me a name for this. And then I will just fill in your character sheets and you'll be ready to go. 
Perfect. Um, I'm really glad you're doing yes. that because that was like the part that was really like stressing me out is like the mechanics and getting all that right. But like the questionnaire format is is perfect. So thank yeah, you. it'll it'll be easy. And again, this is I want this to be as instructive as it can be for both us all playing and people listening too. So. It, you know, if anyone is very interested in like, no, I do really want to learn about how you construct a character for one of these sheets. Um, I could totally go through it with you. And if there's enough interest from people who are listening, feel free, kind of send us questions or concerns about that. And maybe at one point, you know, we'll record sort of like a, a short sideshow where we actually talk about some of the nuts and bolts. Yeah. And we can do some written stuff as well that I'd be more than happy to yeah, show on could, the blog. Like, we could do some write-ups for the, for the blog. There are some great resources around. If anyone's interested, if you, there's actually a great subreddit, uh, SWRPG where people are always posting like their own adventures and also just like guides and there are tips and people post questions about GMing and there are all sorts of blogs all over the internet. If you just Google any of the, the various fantasy flight, uh, gaming products of people who are sort of, tracking homebrew rules and ways that they help make characters. There's a really pretty good thriving community out there for the game. So um, certainly we shouldn't be your own resource um, if you're, if you're interested. And then there's always the books themselves, which are awesome. And we don't work for fantasy flights. So this is totally not like a paid advertisement. <laughs> um, the books are gorgeous. The books are wonderful. Um, they have unbelievably great art in them, wonderful material. They're eminently accessible and readable. Um, so feel free to buy them if you are that. If yeah, you're extremely I, I do have to say I, I caved a couple days ago and bought the Age of Rebellion core rule book, uh, the big red book. And oh, man, even if you're not interested in playing, Get the book just for the amazing write-ups and gorgeous art that's in here. Just don't turn to the page about Alderaan. It's sad. <laughs> Aww. Aww. Uh, the Atlas page about Alderaan. It's very sad. Uh, awesome. Well, I think that kind of wraps everything up, right? Yeah, I think uh, yeah. I think we're good. Uh, a little more workshopping, and then we'll be ready to come back with of Dice and Droids, episode one. Yay! The end yeah. of all things. All right, well, we'll go ahead and get things wrapped up there. Um, just so just so uh, we can do some social media stuff, uh, we'll go down the list, and uh, you can just quickly mention where we can find you online. Uh, my Twitter handle is Lane Winry, L-A-N-E-W-I-N-R-E-E. -E. Nancy? Nancy Pants, Nancy with an I. Uh, show? Uh-oh, did we lose show? Uh-oh. We'll come back to show. Show, come back. <laughs> uh, Jay. Twitter at Admiral Jello. Saf. Twitter at Wanderlustin, L-U-S-T-I-N. All right, Rocky. Twitter at Lady Darth Kytus. And Tom. Uh, Twitter at Darth Internus, I-N-T-E-R-N-O-U-S. And I'm not sure if we've got show back or not yet, but you can find her on Twitter with at Riorin, R-Y-O-R-I-N. Okay, well, we're going to wrap up there. And really looking forward to this. We'll catch you all on episode one. So long, everyone. This podcast is still not canon.
For more information about the campaign and Star Wars tabletop RPGs, visit Tashi-Station.net.